Hey guys, this is Josh and Tanner back with another episode of the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. And something we've been talking about is that faith is actually simple when we view it through our relationship with God. Yeah, you know, faith isn't a complicated subject that we've got to spend years and years trying to perfect and study, get all the principles to have the right equation. No, it's something that we can just simply learn from our relationship with God. Yeah, and something you said there was equation. You know, I'm personally in my life, I've tried to find certain things or certain ways that I can believe in a specific way to try to get things um, and try to find just a set way of doing it instead of realizing that it all comes through my relationship with God. Yeah, it comes through fellowship. I, I know with us, the way that we've grown up, we've heard so many things about well, you got to make sure that this is right, and you got to make sure you're walking in love this way. And while all those things are good, really the, the simple aspect of faith is that it comes from our fellowship with God. Yeah, and when you think about faith, at the end of the day, it's really trust. And, you know, whether you're developing trust with anybody, whether it's, you know, a family member or a spouse, a friend, a coworker, whoever it is, the only way that you can really develop trust with them is to spend time with them and to get to know them and be around them in different um, situations and circumstances and to see how they react to things. And, you know, we can do that by looking into the Word of God. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And so that means that faith is actually a byproduct of us spending time with God. Yeah, and that's the way it works in the natural too. Like you said, any relationship we build, any meaningful relationship is a it's a product of love and time and trust. And so we have to spend time with God. And we've talked about it in previous podcasts, you know, making ourselves aware of him, you know, knowing who we are in Christ, knowing our identities in him. But when we really spend time with him and get to know his character and his nature, what happens through that and by that is that we in turn trust him. Yeah, and going back to that scripture that talks about faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, what that really means is faith comes by spending time with God. I started seeing it that way instead of, you know, when I'm reading my Word, it's Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so when I'm reading the Bible, I'm not just reading a, a biography book. I'm not reading a history book. I'm actually interacting with God himself. And when I see it that way, then faith begins to be produced in my life when I read about the character of God. Yeah, and that's so important for us to to read scripture in light of the character of God. You know, throughout the Old Testament, you might see God did crazy things you might think of unless you're reading it from the perspective of his character and nature. Like you might see times where he talks it talks about the wrath of God being poured out or he gave permission to kill somebody and think, oh, God's so crazy. But the truth is God has never changed, and you got to view it in light of what was going on, protecting his people, but always knowing that God is a loving God, a God that cares about his people, a God that is going to provide for them. He's always been the same God, the same good God that we talk about all the time in the New Testament. He was in the Old Testament. He's never changed. Yeah, and that's one one huge thing, too, is to make sure that we're always interpreting Scripture from a place of the heart of God. So when I'm reading something from the Word, I've got to make sure that I'm understanding that God loves me, He cares about me, He wants the best for me, so that I'm reading it in the proper tone. You know, something we were talking about is, you know, when you get 
get a text message from somebody, you can read that text message and think they're saying it in a certain tone and have it completely wrong. But you're reading that whole situation wrong. And they might mean it just in a fun way, but you're taking it serious and you get offended from it. And like one of the things with us, we'll, we'll be texting or joking around or something. We've known each other for so long and we trust each other that like we pick up on certain things and tone, even over written things. And so that's a product of us spending time together and being around each other for so much. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. You might see something written, but when you've spent time with God and gotten to know His character and His nature, you'll read things and know where He's coming from, know why a certain thing was said. I mean, the Bible says that all Scripture was given for instruction, and we can really do, we can really learn from that and glean from it when we know who God is. Yeah, and that's why it's it's so important to actually spend time and develop a foundation. I think first and foremost with faith is to develop the foundation of God's love for you specifically, understanding that God loves you unconditionally now and forevermore. And when you know that, then that's when you can start developing trust with Him. When you know that He loves you, then you know that He's for you. When you know that He's for you, you know that He's never going to leave you. You, never going to forsake you. You're never going to be on your own. And so that just gives you confidence in stepping out into the things that you're no, you know you're supposed to do and also to fulfill the things that he says to do in the Word. Yeah, and we were talking about it earlier. One of the things that goes along with this is God has always wanted us to interpret his Word based on who he is. And if you look at in the beginning of Scripture in Genesis, when he's talking about creation, it, it always says that God said this or God did this. And it's, it's letting you know right off the bat, God is doing these things and you need to interpret what he's doing based on who he is. And it's the same thing with Adam and Eve in the garden. He wanted them to develop that fellowship and relationship and know him based on who he is. And then when they sinned and that, that relationship was severed, the trust wasn't there on Adam and Eve's end. Yeah, and even in the very beginning, when they were being tempted, the devil actually attacked their relationship or their trust with God. He questioned, you know, he questioned Eve. He said, "Is this really what God said? Is this really what He means? If you eat of this, are you are you really going to die?" He questioned her trust in God. Yeah, the the enemy is always gonna he's always gonna attack he's always gonna attack the character of God in your life. And what you believe about God. So if you're if you're developing your relationship with God and think that think that God is a loving God that always provides, the enemy right off the bat is gonna say, Does he really provide though? Is he really giving you these things that you're believing? Right off the bat, whatever you start putting your faith in, the Bible says it's the little foxes that go in and spoil the vine. It's the fox that goes in and steals the word that's in your heart. And so one thing we got to be careful about is when we start developing our relationship with God, know that the enemy is going to attack the truths of God's Word. Yeah, and again, it always goes back to our identity. You know, in the very beginning, it talked about how we were made in the image of God. And so basically, the devil came to Adam and Eve, and he said, if you eat from this fr this tree, you're going to be just like God, and God doesn't want you like that. And so he put Adam and Eve in a position of lack, where they're trying to get something that they actually already were already made in the image of God. But Satan say, said, God actually doesn't want you to eat from this tree, because if you do you'll actually be what he's holding back from you. And so sometimes, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, wh whatever it is, peace, we think God is holding something back from us, but it's not really true. We've already had it, but we've got to make sure that we don't feel like we're lacking something because that's where the original lie came yeah. from. 
That is. And and this gets right into the heart of what we're talking about this week, faith. You have to have faith in who God is, because if you don't, you'll think you're in a position of lack. And then you'll start acting and using your quote unquote faith to try to get things from God. When the truth is Jesus provided all of them on the cross. When he died on the cross, all your needs were met. All your needs, whether it be healing, finances, peace, emotional stability, whatever it is, Jesus provided. And so like you said, you'll be in a position of lack if you don't know the character and nature of God. Yeah, and when you're in a position of lack, you're always feeling like you've got to do something. And that's when you start going back to working and trying to feel like you've got to live up to a certain standard to get God to move on your behalf. It's funny, I was reading this morning in Hebrews 10, it's talking about the animal sacrifices and how year after year, the worshipers would have to go and they'd have to sacrifice animals. And what that did was it just reminded them of their sin. And so when they went to worship God, they were reminded that they just had to sacrifice an animal for their sins. And then it goes on to say that Jesus made a sacrifice once and for all to forgive us and cleanse us of all sins, to make us holy, pure, and complete once and for all. And so what that means is that you can boldly approach God, fully convinced that your sin is gone. And what that does is it doesn't put you in a guilty state or a state of lack. It puts you in a state of being able to trust God for making you who he's made you to be. Yeah, and the one thing about faith is, again, it's going back to simply trusting the character of God. That means that no matter what's going on around me, if my faith is in the person of God and his character, then I'm never going to be swayed no matter what I see or what I feel. You know, we always talk about how the facts are subject to change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The facts are subject to change. One one thing that my dad always says, and this is a staple in Greg Rich Ministries, is the fact of what time it is changes every second. So I'm looking at a clock right in front of me, and it says it's 841, and the seconds keep going by and by. In one second, it's 841, 30 seconds, 31 seconds, 32 seconds, 33 seconds. The fact of what time it is changes every second. But the truth, the truth never changes. So think about that in context to what's going on in your life. Say you might have a symptom in your body and you go to the doctor and hear that you've got, it could be cancer. Let's say you have cancer. The fact might be that there is cancer in your body, but the truth is that God says that by Jesus' stripes you are healed and that the life of God is inside your body. So the fact might be at this given moment there's a symptom in your body, but the truth will always change the fact. My dad says the consistent application of the truth will always trump the facts. And what that really is is it's trust in the truth and trust in God, trusting in his character. Yeah, and reading from Hebrews 11.1, uh, just looking at it from the Amplified, uh, at the very end it says, Faith perceives as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. And so what it's saying is that truth sees a different fact than what's staring you in the face. And sometimes we've got to hold on to the reality of the truth, no matter what fact is staring at us. So what does that look like, practically speaking? Say you're actually, you know, you know that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, but you're experiencing pain or sickness in your body. What does faith look like in that situation? Yeah, and so practically what that looks like, I know Josh and I have personally dealt with this and had to walk through this. What that looks like is when you wake up in the morning and you see in the mirror, you see the symptom that you were believing for to be healed, 
you see the symptom, you see the sickness or whatever it is, what faith is in that moment, it's acknowledging that, yes, you have a symptom, but what it does is it goes back to the truth. Even though, you're, even though you have the symptom, you're not in a position of lack. You're in a position of the one that has the answer to the problem. And so you go back to the truth. You're not asking God, God, please heal me. I'm sick. I'm sick. I need, I need healing for this. I need you to heal this. I need you to change this. It's okay. I do have this symptom, but I have the truth in my life. I have the truth in my body. And so what you do is you leave the place of lack and you enter the place of thankfulness and you start thanking God for the truth. And that's when it begins to work in your life. Yeah. Somebody once told me, they said that we're not the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed maintaining our healing. And the way that we do that is we have to focus in that the truth is, is that we are healed. I may not be seeing it. I may not be experiencing it, but in the name of Jesus, I am healed. And so again, what, like you, just like you said, you got to play, remain in a place of thankfulness. So what that looks like is when you wake up and you're facing it, Father, I thank you. I am healed right now in this very moment. I thank you that your healing power is flowing through my body. I thank you your anointing is going through to every organ, to every cell, and you're just meditating on the truth of God's word. And as you're doing it, you're releasing faith, you're releasing power, and it's working in your body. Yeah, leaving that place of lack and entering that place of thankfulness and gratefulness. A lot of times, even in our language, when you ask God, like, God, please heal me. When you're asking him to do it, you believe that you're in a position of lack, like we're talking about. When you start thanking him for it, what you're doing is you're trusting in his character and nature. Yeah, and one, one other minister that I talked to, he said, be who you be. Yeah. He was saying, just be who you are. Stop trying to get healed and be healed. Stop trying to get whole and be whole. Stop trying to get wealthy and just be who you are. And really what this is, is it's a change in perspective. And it's really refreshing for us because what you're doing is you're not in the place where you're having to use your faith to get things from God. No, you're trusting in who he's made you to be. And what that means is, is it's not that you're believing God for a new car all, all the time, and you're believing God for a new job, and you're believing him for this relationship to be restored, and you're believing him for this thing, and more money, and more this, and more that. While you do use your faith, it's not always trying to get things from God. You simply are believing that he's made you to be that person. And because of your fellowship and relationship, all those things are added unto you. It's, it's Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It doesn't say seek the things and pray after the things and try to get all these things. No, you seek him. And, you know, I remember when I was coming into Bible school, when I, you know, before the first classes started, I was excited because I was I was hoping, now I'm going to understand the power and I'm going to get the power. And now I'm going to understand wisdom and I'm going to get the wisdom. And now I'm going to understand the anointing and I'm going to get the anointing. And so I was believing for faith for specific things like that. But then I realized that if I just, if I would just see him. If I would just seek his heart, then all those things would be added unto me. And all the, the frustration that comes with seeking the things that goes away when you're just seeking the heart of God. Yeah. And it's one, one thing too, that this is, is it's the law of the whosoever. You know, so many times throughout scripture, it says whosoever will believe or whosoever this, whosoever that. Um, so many times it says that. And one of the great things about that, we've talked about it in the past, is the qualifications for things. It's not because you're this great person that has gone to that many, that many churches and spoke and you've healed this many people or you've done all these things. 
No, it's the law of the whosoever. It's whosoever will believe these things will be added unto you. And so that's what we want to encourage you, that you are the one that believes. And so you don't have to try to be doing all these things. You don't have to work and work and work to get your faith to work. You can simply trust in the character and nature of God, and stuff will be added unto you. Yeah, and I think one of the most powerful examples of us using our faith is when we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. When you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you used your faith. Yeah. And in salvation included everything that we needed. That includes His healing, mm-hmm. protection, provision, all that He is, His life in us. And so that was the, you know, whenever if you had faith to be born again, then you have faith, faith for to anything. receive God to receive from God for anything. Yeah, anything. If you if you had faith to get saved, you don't need more faith for all these things. It says that we've been given the measure of faith. That we have we have the God kind of faith. Yeah, it actually says the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith is what we have. And so what we have to do is we just have to change our thoughts, change our perspective. Really what that what this is is it's repentance. It's changing and turning around from old ways of thinking, turning around from the the, the thought that we've got to do all these things. It, so many times, Scripture actually tells us to stop working for all these things and simply trust in who God is. Yeah, and when we understand that we have the faith of God, it means we start from a different place. We're not trying to get faith to obtain something. No, I'm, I'm starting from a place of I trust God. Not only do I trust God, but I have all the faith I need to receive whatever He needs to get to me. I have the faith of God. And so that means that I'm not in a position of lack, which is what we were talking about. I don't lack anything in Christ, including faith. But it's also a humbling experience to realize that even my ability to believe in God comes from God. Yeah, faith is a response to the character of God and to the love of God to, to get straight to it. It's a response. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance or to change. So anytime people get saved or anytime people say yes to Jesus, it's not because they came to Jesus. No, God is calling us to himself at all times. And when people say yes to him, they're responding to his love. They're using their faith as a response to his love. Yeah, even faith itself is the byproduct or the fruit of grace being sown into your life. When Jesus died on the cross and whenever he he paid for all of our sins and he rose again, he made a way and he gave us grace to now have eternal life in him. And whenever we received that grace, when we heard it, whenever somebody preached it and we heard it, that gave us faith to believe what they were saying. Think how simple that is. Ephesians says that we are saved by grace through faith. So what that means is, you believing the grace made it possible, and then you use your faith to believe that, and that's how you're saved. It's not because you be- you believed all these things, but no, it's by grace through faith. The grace was there first the for you to there. believe in, and that's something we have to realize in our lives. Is it's not we don't we need to make sure we're not trying to flip it around and yep. have faith to get grace. Yep. But grace is available to us now. Let's just believe let's it. Let's just believe it. It's time to believe. It's time that we just stop trying to play all these games, be super religious, and do all the right things. And it's time that we simply change our mind and believe God. 
somebody actually I was talking to them this week and they were saying it's time for us just to be settled on some things. Yeah. There's some time there's a time for us just to not have to be convinced anymore about specific truths in our life. And I think that's where the character of God comes into place. There's some we don't need to be convinced anymore that God loves us. Yeah. We need to have that settled. Yeah. We need to have it settled that we know who we are in him. We need to understand we're righteous, but then we need to now the next thing pushing it further is now I need to be have it settled that I have the faith of God yeah. in me. Yeah, we don't need to be struggling to get things. And Josh and I have talked about it in the past, like just in, in our futures, in the future families that we'll have, or with our future wife, or with, with our kids, or with future ministry things, we're not, yes, there's going to be times where we have a financial need, or we have a need for this, but we're never going to be in the place where we're freaking out trying to get things. No, we know that because of who God is and because of the relationship that we have, that our needs are taken care of. And so even with, sometimes we have to raise funds for for trips overseas or we have to raise funds for certain ministry events we're doing. We're never in a place where we're freaking out trying to get it to happen. No, we're simply trusting in Him. That doesn't mean that you're stupid and not do all the logistical things that you should do. No, God tells us to be a good steward and, and do the right things. But you're not in a place where you're in lack. You're in a place where you're trusting in Him. And then it's just simple. It's not hard. It's simple. Yeah. And I think it's important too, you know, when we're raising those funds, there is the opportunity. It's like, hey, are you going to be anxious about this? Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to, no, Father, I know you love me. I know you care about me. And you also care about the people that you're sending me to. And so not only do I understand that God's heart for me, but then I start beginning to understand. God's heart for other people as well. And then I can start believing for other people. I'm not just using my faith for my own self. I'm actually using my faith to see people healed. I'm using faith to see people set free and people freed from religion and, and yeah. from poverty, from everything that Jesus paid for us to be set free, free from. Yeah, and think about this thought. You know, we're told to have childlike faith. A child doesn't question how things are going to work and, oh my gosh, is it going to be this way? You know, Matthew 6 in the Message Bible, it's one of my favorite lines ever. It says, it's talking about the birds and do you think that they worry about what they're going to eat or do you think they worry about their clothes or all this stuff? Do you think they worry? And it says, no, they simply live. And then it says this line, they're careless in the care of God. And that's the way that we're intended to be, careless in the care of God. We're not worried about a thing. We're not trying to get all these things to work and hope that we get this and blah, 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 blah. No, we're careless in the care of God, trusting in his character, that he's a loving father, a God that's going to give us every single thing we need. And that's the God that we trust in. And you know, another thing thinking about faith is it's really seeing with your heart what you haven't yet been able to see with your eyes. And I've seen several times, specifically with Abraham, before he was even called Abraham, when he was Abram, God was actually saying, hey, Abram, I know that you don't have a son right now, but I've promised you one, and I need you to see it in your heart before you see it in your eyes, uh, see it with your eyes. And if you look at Genesis 15:1, it says that God brought Abram outside and said to him, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And so what he was saying, he was saying, Abram, go ahead and try to count the the stars and see how many there are. There's no way you're going to be able to count them. And that's the same way that your descendants shall be. He was saying, Abram, I need you to see something with your heart that your eyes aren't seeing right now. I need you to trust in what I'm saying above what you're seeing. And that goes straight into Romans 4. You know, it says that God is the God that calls those things that be not 
as though they are. And really what that is, is that's a call to, to, for us to be the same way. You know, I think I, I want to challenge some of you this week. There's some, some things that maybe you're believing for or some dreams that God has put in your heart. And I want to challenge you to start seeing those as a reality and start doing what Abram did and seeing those stars and start counting them, even when that's not who you are yet and not where you are yet. That's in your future. And that's something that God has promised you. So I want to challenge you to start doing that. You know, one thing with me, and I'll just be uh, candid with you and share a, a dream that God has put in my heart. A dream that God has placed in my heart is to one day either start an orphanage or be involved with an orphanage. And right now, if you looked at my life, you would say, oh, that's that's not something that you're doing. You're not doing that right now. But the truth is that's a dream that God has placed on my heart and something that he's called me to do. So what I have to do is I have to put myself in a place where I'm seeing that as a reality. Even though it's going to be in my future, I'm starting to speak it now and I'm speaking it into existence to cause it to come to pass. Yeah, and you know, God did the same thing with Abraham. He said, I need you to start seeing yourself differently than you've been seeing yourself. And in Genesis 17 and verse 5, it says, No longer shall your name be called Aram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And so he, God called him Abraham before he was the father. So what was he doing? He was getting him used to seeing and speaking who he was, even though his circumstances weren't lining up to that. Why do you think God in his word calls us holy? and calls us blameless, and calls us righteous, right off the bat, even though right when most people get saved, they're not, their actions and their lifestyle aren't quote-unquote living up to that standard. It's the same exact thing. He's telling you who you are, and he's calling you to a higher standard. And what that does when we simply put our faith in the grace of God, is it gives us the ability to start living in those things. The same way with Abraham. He was calling him to something, even though he wasn't there yet. When you're when you're saved, when you said yes to Jesus, or even if you've been saved for a long time, and you, you might have been living in sin or living in a place where you know you're not supposed to, you're still righteous. You're still holy. You're still flawless in the sight of God. And what that means is you can put your faith in that and simply start living up to it. You don't have to work to start changing it. God sees you that way. No matter where you are in life, God sees you that way. Yep, and he already declared who you are. You know, whenever you you accepted Jesus, you it no longer became you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And he says, You're no you're no longer a sinner. You're holy. You're no longer unrighteous. You're righteous. He declared who you are. And that's the same yeah, that's what we're talking about, is is having faith in the good God that we serve, having faith in the God that made us to be something. And you know, something that, that we can look at the life of Jesus in, we always talk about, we want to we want to weigh what we're talking about and weigh it based on the life of Jesus. So if we don't see it in the life of Jesus, it shouldn't be in ours. And Jesus, one time, when he was at the tomb of Lazarus, and he was praying to the Father, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. He said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And what he was saying in that moment was he was saying, based on his relationship with God, Father, I thank you that you hear me. He was letting everybody know that his relationship with God was close. He was secure in his relationship with God. And so his prayer came from not a place of lack, 
but a place of faith and trust in his relationship with God. And so that's what we want to encourage you guys this weekend. You know, faith isn't some complicated thing that you have to spend years studying just to finally get. No, faith comes from your relationship with God. And so as you learn and and, and read the word and grow with him, what's going to happen is you'll see that God is a loving father, a God that provides, a God that cares about you. And faith will be a natural response to your relationship with God. Thanks for listening to the Greg Rich Ministries podcast this week. If you enjoyed this message, please share it with your friends and your family. And be sure to follow us on all social media at Greg Rich Ministries.